Sports Wrap. Uh, thank you very much, Tegan Goedelli. Leading up to uh, half past six on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Hello and welcome to the uh, Monday edition of SFM Sports Wrap. This is the PSL radio show, Segunjalo. That means we're going to be talking PSL and various aspects of the PSL. And of course, what a weekend of Nedbank Cup semi-final action it turned out to be. Yes, two titanic ties. Sundowns and Ajax were victorious ultimately. And they will contest the Nedbank Cup final of 2015. They have made it through. And they will be fighting it out for uh, that South Africa's most prestigious cup title come the 16th of May. We're going to be talking to uh, representatives from both those clubs. Roger de Sarvice, Cape Town, the coach, who's uh, finding himself at the airport at the moment, preparing to uh, jet off to KZN, where they'll be facing uh, Maritzburg United tomorrow. And then, of course, we'll be uh, catching up with a representative from Sundowns, but not just any representative. We're going to be talking to Donadoni himself the general, the navigator, call him what you like, Tekomodise, a man who's uh, a little shy when it comes to uh, certain interviews, but a man who uh, is uh, very outspoken. When you get him talking, hopefully we'll get Tekomodise talking tonight about Mamelodi's Sundown's performances. Not only, of course, did they come through against Vasco da Gama, they also found themselves uh, just two days shy now of a league title clash against Kaiser Chiefs. They were hoping it would come down to something similar like last season, but Chiefs already wrapping up the league title. But further afield, wow, what a weekend the sport had turned out to be, unless you're a Manchester United fan no the pain the agony one goal two goals three goals wow I was certainly shocked when I saw that but uh, I tell you in terms of Spanish football the Celta Vigo Real Madrid match was an absolute thriller in its own right Ooh, did you see that game Celta Vigo took the lead Real came back two goals then Celta equalised and then Real took it from there but the amazing thing, come the end of that game, and Hernandez is having a, a real purple patch when it comes to Real Madrid, but the amazing thing, Ronaldo didn't score a goal. This is remarkable. It's a, it's a scoring drought. He hasn't scored in one game. Maybe we're going to be hearing about these droughts. Remember, Lionel Messi failed to score in three games. People were talking about, when is this drought going to end? It's just crazy. But hello and welcome to the uh, Monday edition as uh, we are celebrating Freedom Day and marking 21 years of democracy in South Africa. Another hugely significant event was happening in South Africa as well. John Shusmashow being laid to rest today. We'll discuss that in uh, a little while. We'll also catch up with Brian Moffat again, commentator and analyst about what happened over the weekend and look ahead to the uh, AFSA Premiership action that lies ahead. Then, of course, uh, chats with Ice Cape Town and Momolo. Sundowns. Let me get straight into the sports news, though. Uh, football news, Orlando Pirates caretaker coach Eric Tinkler has expressed his desire to take the job as coach of the Buccaneers on a permanent basis. Tinkler's tenure as caretaker coach is uh, set to come to an end next month after he took over the coaching reins from Vladimir Vemezovic in December last year. Maritzburg United coach Steve Kumpela has already been linked with a move to Park Town next season. But Tinkler, the Buccaneers' assistant coach for the past three years, says he has all the qualifications to manage a big team like Orlando Pirates. Further revealed as they prepare to face Borussia Dortmund in the German Cup semi-final. Coach Pep Guardiola says uh, Bayern Munich will not ease up after winning the Bundesliga title with four games to spare. His team, chasing a treble of trophies, secured their 25th German league crown yesterday, the second in a row under Guardiola. The Spaniard says, uh, although uh, last season's triumph with ten games to spare may have affected the team's motivation, they had no time to enjoy this term's victory with a game against Dortmund tomorrow. 
Cricket news uh, currently underway. The IPL fixture: the Kings Eleven Punjab are taking on the Sunrisers Hyderabad, who uh, made 150 for six at the Punjab Cricket Association Stadium in Mohali, Chandigarh. Uh, at the moment, Kings Eleven Punjab are 12 for one. Sean Marsh has just come to the crease. VJ is there for not out. David Warner opened the innings with a quick five 58 for the Sunrisers Hyderabad, while Ashish Reddy finished the innings with 22 off eight. Rugby news, uh, the Stormers' narrow win over the Bulls in the tense and error-ridden Super Rugby derby at the weekend meant they have completed a clean sweep against their arch-rivals and also means they remain unbeaten against South African teams this season. Although they are only one point ahead of the Bulls on the local conference log, thanks to the bonus point the Bulls picked up at Newlands for losing by less than seven, it was a massive step forward for the Stormers towards claiming their, second, uh, their third conference title. The Stormers are now setting their sights as well on a home semi-final, facing a finish to the season that includes four more games at Newlands. Cycling news, uh, Mark Cavendish won the second stage of the Tour of Turkey at Antalya. Retaining the overall lead, he took after yesterday's opening run. The British speedster covered the 180 kilometres from uh, Alanya in 4 hours, 21 minutes and 31 seconds, once again relying on his finishing skills to edge a sprint finish. Cavendish, who won four stages in last year's tour, leads the overall standings from Italians Sasha Modolo and Nicola Ruffoni. Finally, tennis fans uh, going to Wimbledon this year can leave their selfie sticks at home. The Grand Slam tennis tournament has become the latest sports event to ban the use of the devices, with organisers calling them a nuisance. The All England Club says the decision was made so that selfie sticks don't interfere with spectators' enjoyment during the June 29th to July 12th championships. And that's your sports news. PSL Radio Show. Indeed, this is the PSL Radio Show. Second Jala, we uh, we'd be remiss if we weren't to mention the fact that uh, while we are marking 21 years of democracy in South Africa and celebrating Freedom Day, John Shoes Mushua was uh, laid to rest earlier today. The Grace Bible Church, where uh, these services were happening, Sports Minister Figuilem Balula having led the tributes to uh, the Bafana Bafana legend. He called him a giant. He called him a patriot. Uh, Kaiser Mutaung, the the chairman and founder of Kaiser Chiefs, compared uh, Shoes Mushua to Cristiano Ronaldo, the uh, Real Madrid star. He called him one of the last professional soccer heroes to have learnt the game in the street, but it was um, SAFA President Danny Yordan who uh, I thought really spoke beautifully about uh, Shoes Mushua and encapsulated his career. He spoke about the 72 caps he earned over 11 years, playing from 93 to 2004 for the national team, talked about how it coincided with Bafana Bafana's golden years, but then he came to uh, a moment where he was illustrating the point about Shoes and what he was like out on the pitch, and this is what Danny Yordan had to say. In 97, it was Shoes against Zanetti and Daniel Ortega from Argentina. We played a draw. Shoes prevailed against those two giants. In England in 97, they were up against David Beckham, Paul Scholes, Paul Gascoigne. It is Shoes who made an impact in that match. In France, In France, Shoes was up against Zinedine Zidane, Didier Deschamps, Emmanuel Petit, Jury Zorkahev, Ibrahim Ba, Patrick Vieira. Shoes prevailed. And if you look at that picture of Shoes and Zidane, guess who's got the ball and who's chasing? Well, that from Danny O'Don's tribute to shoes, Michelle. I thought it was uh, perfect and poignant. PSL Radio Show. Radio Show. Radio Show. Radio Show.
Right here at SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Let's get right into the action with the big man himself, commentator and analyst Brian Wolfgang in the studio to look back at what was an intriguing weekend of Netbank Cup semi-final action and indeed discuss the uh, domestic action as the PSL gets back underway with some intriguing ties of its own. Brian, thanks for joining us. Gee, what a weekend of semi-final action. But let's start off with Ice Cape Town. Five minutes to play, one goal down. They don't even need extra time to win two goals to one. Good evening, Dwayne. I think Supersport, you know, we're kicking themselves as to how they lost that game. I mean, they, uh, they were leading 1-0 and they're in control, total control of the game until Roger Disa made those changes. I mean, Fred and Kale came in, Trashik Morris came in, and they're the ones that turned that game literally into the favor of um, IS Cape Town. But then Manyama came on, Dobooma came on. We expect them to score whenever they get chances like that. But they just really squandered them one after the other. But the Lubusa strike was absolutely brilliant. I mean, for a defender, a uh, grass cutter like that, no chance for a the goalkeeper. Then Tashik Morris scoring his third goal in uh, the Netbank Cup. In as many matches, in fact, only played three matches in the Netbank Cup. And uh, the supply, once again, was absolutely brilliant. So that, for me, was uh, the... Uh, the match that I sat down and thought, wow, I escaped town for the first time coming from a goal down to win a game, which was very interesting. And you talk about the great finishing of I escaped town, but let's talk about the other Cape team. Vasco da Gama created the chances, but let's not talk about the finishing. Ultimately, the class of Sundowns prevailing, but they were a little lucky, weren't they? I was looking at the stats at halftime. I mean, Sundowns had no shots at all, not even a goal or wide, nothing, absolutely nothing. Vasco had three. One of those was saved by Kennedy Moena when Dabuga took a good shot. But then you would expect a lot more from Jonathan Amogam. The fact that he never scored with so many chances. One of those tried to lob the goalkeeper and he lobbed it wide. So I was like, wow. Then Libyani came as well. The same thing happened. But a goal that won the game. You know, you can sit and say whatever you want to say. That goal can win any game at any given time. You also don't say, you know what? We're beaten by a team that took a good strike. Mashaba, power, everything in that strike and execution was brilliant. The goalkeeper was somehow uh, wrong-sided. He didn't even know where the ball was. But, I mean, he didn't do much in the first half, Dwayne. I mean, when a shot like that comes in the second half where you had a holiday, it's difficult for you to stop a shot like that. It is indeed. But ultimately, I suppose, the, the class of sundowns prevailing. But now, for, for neutral fans, Brian, uh, this final potentially is immense. You've got two teams who, who use width, they love to play with speed, and they really enjoy the ball at their feet. This could be the perfect entertainment. It is indeed. I mean, the people in PE will be loving this. I mean, Pizza was not happy with the venue, first of all. They they all wanted to go to Durban. They thought Durban was a more neutral venue, but then they feel PE will be more... It should be better for Ajax because of the wind and all of those things that come into play. But having said that, this is a repeat of a 2007 final where Sundowns lost against Ajax in the Kings Park Stadium then. Now you've seen the repeat of that, what, eight years later? Can Sundowns be able to get silverware at least this season? Or Ajax Cape Town, those chickens are looking very good at the moment. Uh, let's talk about uh, other teams that are looking good at the moment. Who's looking good to avoid relegation. That relegation scrap is looking very intense, but Swallows play tomorrow against the University of Pretoria. Amazulu, as uh, second from bottom, play Platinum Stars on Wednesday. Where does the advantage lie, if at all, during the midweek fixtures? For me, I think Amazulu has the advantage. Uh, the advantage is the fact that, you know, they've been consistent. They play very well. They've lost matches again. They lost against Chiefs in their last five matches or so. And if you look at the way they're playing, they look committed. They're going out there. And the fact that the game is going to Prince Magogo Stadium, I tell those fans go absolutely crazy. But then what Amazulu should be praying for at the moment is that a wrong Gale comes on a pitch. Because if the right Gale comes in, then you have, a, you have a problem already. Morocco Swallows, on the other hand, against 
Super Sport United, that's where the game, they should have won a game. But they failed to do that. At the moment, if you look at the way the two teams are sitting, they will get ex- a maximum of 35 points. So Free State Stars at the moment, no. If they get to 36 points, they are safe. They don't have to worry about anything else. Platinum Stars, on the other hand, are also looking to get to the 36 marks point. So it will be very tricky, but I think advantage should surely go the way of Amazulu. But then also Morocco Swallows are playing a team, Takis, who are struggling at the moment. Maybe, maybe Swallows can get something out of this one. Yeah, and it doesn't have a great record at home, I suppose, in the University of Pretoria. But let's, let's focus on the top of the log. Obviously, championship is gone now. Chiefs have won it. But the battle for second, which is important in the sense that it's the second and last Champions League spot for next season. I know Vits are hungry for it. Sundowns are desperate for it. And Orlando Pirates are fighting hard as well. Only three points separate those sides. And they're all in action midweek. But the big one, Sundowns against Chiefs. Uh, in a sense, it's also a grudge match for, for Sundowns. It is indeed a grudge match. I mean, Sundowns, they, they, they admitted that they could have won it. They lost it the way they played. But I think for me, Sundowns will go in there all guns blazing. They'll want to get something in the season. And Pizzo knows that a second position is at least what he can offer a very tough-to-please president in Patrice Mutsipe. Second position to say we'll play in a Champions League, maybe we'll get something, will be good enough. Pirates, on the other hand, Dwayne, I mean, I saw them play against um, uh, the, 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 the game that they played on Friday. How pathetic was that from Pirates? I mean, they just ran around, they didn't know what they were doing, they could have scored a few goals, then they just couldn't find the back of the net. Then you need to feel the likes of Rachel, but also, one will talk about the fact that Manisa was not available, Mahamuta was not there. Those players are coming back. Then Majoro, maybe it is time now for Tinker to start using that Majoro and Erasmus combination to see what they can give him. So potentially, Supersport United could be in trouble on Wednesday against Orlando Pirates, you're saying back at home at Orlando, but uh, Witzel way to Free State Stars. It's a tricky tie in itself. Free State Stars, Cobble Park Stadium. I was there last week. The stadium was packed to the rafters and it was, there was no movement at all. Couldn't do anything. The referee also was not the best but I tell you, one thing that, that Vets must do, if they can score first, then they might win that one. But if they don't score and Free State Stars score first, it is all over. I tell you, Vets will not be able to come back in front of Free State. Well, I'll tell you, there's some fascinating ties that await us despite the championship already being decided. Brian Wolf again, thanks for your insights and opinions. Good, good. This is SFM Auto 4107 now. A stunning long range effort from Mzike Esema Shava secured a 1 0 win for Mamalodi Sundowns over Vasco da Gama at the Lucas Masterpieces Moripe Stadium in Attridgeville yesterday. And amongst the victorious yesterday was the only player to win PSL Footballer of the Year twice, Teko Morise. Glad to say he's uh, on the line. Teko, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hi, how are you, sir? Oh, I'm very well, thank you. How are you, young sir? No, I'm good, thanks. I can call you young, sir, because at 32, you're still a lot younger than I am, I suppose. But uh, listen, <laughs> congratulations on making the final, though, uh, But You know, you, you lost out on defending your league title, but how, how would winning South Africa's most prestigious cup competition help alleviate that frustration or disappointment? I mean, um, first of all, we... we, we and it's, as much as I would like to congratulate Chiefs, first of all, I mean, um, this is in the they were on another level, they played well. And they collected points where it mattered most. You know, um, they had a, a good first, first, first round of the league. And, um, I mean, we had our own problems as well. We, we drew so many games that we did last season. And, uh, those some, that's, that's something that we need to learn as well as a team. But, I mean, fortunate enough, we, we got something to play for as well. We in the cup final of the Netbank, and uh, we also want to finish the second from the lock so that we can go to Africa as well and compete again because that's where we want to be. So, actually, there's two, uh, two things that we need to play for. So, 
as much as we disappointed with not defending the league, but at least we have something to play for. Tiko, as much as you congratulate Chiefs, so obviously a gentlemanly gesture, but I mean, last season, I was doing that match when you scored that stunning winner against Kaiser Chiefs, and effectively, we saw the momentum switch towards sundowns. This time around, though, I suppose you would have expected or hoped that it would be a similar situation. It's not going to be. But just how much of a grudge match is this match against Chiefs on Wednesday? I mean, um, last season, it, 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 it had more importance than this one. I'm not saying that this one is not more important than the last, the last season. But this last season one was um, the, the game that we needed to, to put ourselves in a good position to win the league. And we managed to win that game. But this one as well, we are not going to say that we, as much as we want to be in the second position, this is, this is one of the games as well that we need to win. And uh, as much as we haven't been performing well, as much as we want to, but I mean, uh, we playing, you must understand that Chiefs has won the league as well. They, they've won um, the league and nothing that will do or any game that they will lose will affect them winning the league. So obviously when they come on Wednesday, it will be for pride. And as well, you, you, you would have players in the Chiefs lineup as well that are being selected to be player of the season and in our team as well. So there's so much, so much to play for. And, and, and as well, you understand, you must understand that the supporters as well, our supporters are expecting us to win the games. Chiefs supporters as well are expecting to win the games. So people are expecting to see a good game, irrespective of our Indeed. And I suppose for a couple of squad members as well, a really important opportunity to uh, to play for a place in the uh, squad for the final. Exactly. Tickle, when you, when you take a look uh, back, I mean, you're one of those players who has had to deal with a lot of detractors over the years. How, how do you deal with issues like, like the criticism that you have received from time to time? How do you keep coming back as superbly as you do? I mean, um, honestly, at first I I struggled a lot with dealing with those because uh, I couldn't I couldn't believe that people that they say here here this week and then next week you reveal and they turn against you. I couldn't I couldn't understand that at first. But I got to I got to be matured as a player and understand the certain situation. But if you want to be good and be great in what you do, you have to you have to understand and and and, and be prepared for criticism. And uh, as for me, that's what happened. And luckily, you know, I've got a good support uh, structure as well. You know, the team is supporting me. I've got the coaches very, I've got the coaches very, very supporting from my family as well. So those are the those are the people that are really, really, really helped me to to really focus on my game. Because at the end of the day, I'm just a footballer like anybody else. As much as I've played well, uh, you know, um, and in most of the time, and I've won certain things in my career, but and everything, I'm still. Uh, a footballer who wants to achieve, who wants to play well, we can be out. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Even Lam Messi doesn't play well, we can be out. He still has to get, uh, even though he won four, four Bolandos, uh, but he still has to, to be criticized as well. So that's how football is. You know, if, you, if you can't stand for criticism, then you're not, you're not going to be a great player. Fair enough, fair enough. But uh, I mean, in terms of South African football, you're not just a footballer, Tig. I mean, you're somebody who's transcended that. In a sense, maybe you've set the the bar so high, it's difficult to try yeah. to play consistently at that level. But you know, watching you over these last two seasons in particular, I mean, I think you're playing some of the best football of your career right now, and you you know you're, you're approaching your 33rd birthday. But h- how do you feel about your own game right now? I'm feeling great, man. Because I think um, I think for the last two seasons, I've, I've I've changed a lot as a player, you know. I became a foot, uh, complete footballer, so I learned certain things in my in my game that I needed to improve, and those are things that I did. And uh, um, I don't feel as as much 
fresh as I used to uh, because uh, people are not expecting, uh, you know, the jewelry wizard that I was at a lot of times. People are expecting me to see uh, the evolution of me, you know, the way that I'm playing right now, uh, the creativity part of it. And that's what I enjoy right now. So me, me enjoying my game has brought the best out of me. And I'm enjoying my football right now. And as much as, you know, you get matured, uh, it's easy to be consistent when, when you're older and when you're matured because you know there are things to do and when to do it. So I'm enjoying my game and I just hope that from, from here on as well, you know, continue to play well with the next season. And, and, and as much as uh, you have matured as a footballer, I suppose, in the sense, you do want to give back to, to those that are playing around you and mentor those that, uh, that look up to you. I mean, how do you feel about some of the young talent that's around you at Sundowns, like Bungani Zungu, like Percy Tao? Yeah, I mean, we've got, we've got great talent. We've got great young players. You know, don't forget to mention also Timbers One. doing oh, very, yes. very, very well for the team as, uh, as well. So you've got the you come up pilot as well. You know, we've got a couple of youngsters that are really doing well and they're looking up to me. So I'm always there for them for advice. And they know that I've dealt with certain issues. So whenever they come with any issues, I, I try my best to give them my experience and, and give them the opportunity, the opportunity to go to make their own decisions and choices as well. You know, um, because I struggled a lot because when I dealt with those issues, there was nobody to talk to. And I only found out later on that uh, certain legends really, really tried to help me out. And those are Doctor and the Late Shoes and, uh, and um, the other guys as well. So it was, it was, it was, it was very, very, very helpful for me to listen to those guys that have played the game and that I know the stress that comes with the game. So it's also important for the younger ones to understand from, from us to understand what we went through so that they can learn from those things and when it comes to them so that they can know how to deal with it. So if I can just ask you, I know you recently revealed your utter disappointment and, and heartache at never having got the opportunity to play abroad, but how, how significantly has that frustration impacted on who you are today as a person and as a footballer? I mean, when that moment never, when, when it didn't materialize, it changed how I looked at football. You know, um, um, for me at the time, when I had those opportunities, for me, football was just uh, something that I really liked, that I really liked doing. And uh, it was it was super cool to be to be playing overseas like any other guys, because those, the guys that were playing overseas, they were also encouraging me to go overseas. But it just that it was just unfortunate that I never got an opportunity to do so. But after that, it changed the way I looked at football. It changed the way I play. You know, um, it made me realize that football... It's also about business. You know, you have to you have to be in control of everything that happens around you, your image. You have to be in control of your contract. You need to know what's in your contract. Because the biggest problem that I had at the time was not having the buying out clothes in my contract. That's why I couldn't make it overseas. So those are the kind of things that I've learned as well. And those are the kind of things that I'm teaching the younger ones, that they, if they have uh, admiration and, 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 and hopes of playing overseas, they need to have the buy out clothes in the contract because... When the team comes, they know exactly how much money they want to pay. At that time, when it was me, it was just speculation. There was no exact amount of money that uh, the team wanted to pay. Yeah, and driving up the prices, we know what's happened uh, as a result. But uh, if I can go back to the Nedmay Cup final now, for neutral fans, how good is this final potentially when you when you consider that you've got two teams that play with width, that play with speed, and that really love the ball at their feet? And it's going to be tough. You know, um, Ajax, it's... it's, it's it's a team full of youngsters. They they run a lot. They fight. You can see the last two games that they played. You know, they really showed the fighting spirit. They came back. You know, for 
from from nowhere. They just started playing well and they're winning games, irrespective of how they win games. But because of the youngsters, they're fearless as well. So with us, there's pressure because of the stature of the team and the cup, the kind of players that we have in the team. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a very very calculated game for us as a Sundance. We need to be very careful of of, of Ajax. If Ajax don't win the cup, it's it's gonna be something that was expected from the public. But if we lose, it's not gonna be good for us. You understand what I mean? So for us, it's very very important to win the cup. As much as it's gonna be tough, but we need to plan properly and and understand the challenges that we're gonna have and really understand on the day that if it's time for us to defend, we need to defend very well and. When you have opportunity to score, we need to punch. You've got some hugely significant matches ahead of you, uh, Tikamudisa, and certainly best of luck in the Nedman Cup final. Your role medal and the gentleman, and good luck against Chiefs midweek. Thank you very much, sir. This is SFM 104107, IX Cape Town, as we talk Nedbank Cup, uh, securing a place to the final, courtesy of a 2-1 victory over Supersport United on Saturday night. But those two goals came in the last five minutes of the game. We've got the victorious coach of IX Cape Town there, Roger Desar on the line. Roger, thanks for joining us. Good evening, congratulations. But uh, I suppose I should say, uh, making the final has never been your problem, has it? <laughs> yeah, hi, Dwayne. Hi, everybody. Yeah, there's, there has been a couple of good good cup competitions but not finishing them off. But yeah, I haven't lost in the team for for quite some time. So yeah, now it's another opportunity to to get a get a winner's medal. Indeed, and this is a competition you have won before, that uh, magnificent victory at the first ever match played at F&B Stadium, of course, when you guided Vitz to victory over Amazulu in the final that day. But let's talk about the match itself. You're 1-0 down with five minutes to play. By the end of the 90, you've, you've won it 2-1. I mean, where did that finish come from? Was it just your incredible substitutions, Roger? <laughs> yeah, look, I think I honestly felt that we were always good for a goal. I always, I always felt throughout the game that I never, I never got the feeling that we were being outplayed or, or anything like that. I always thought that we were going to get a chance at some stage. But obviously, as, as the legs got tired and the guy got a little bit despondent as, as the game wore on, and obviously I also felt that, you know, where is it going to come from? But obviously the changes were good. The guys, the guys who came on added a bit of life into the team and, and, um, and probably hurt them in areas where they were feeling it most as well. So, you know, we started running at them a lot more and, uh, our crosses got better and eventually, you know, we, we, we got the equaliser. And I, I must say, once we got the equaliser, I honestly felt that the winner would come. Um, you know, I thought we were on the up then, and uh, they were holding on. So, yeah, I think it was just a question of getting that first one. And um, once that came, I was pretty confident that we were going to do it, even if it had been in extra time. But, yeah, just delighted for the guys. They worked extremely hard. We've had, we've had a, a difficult run. I mean, with Celtic on form and, and now Supersport. I mean, three quality teams. And we've managed to turn them all over, so it'd just be nice to finish it off now. Yeah, fair enough. But if I can ask you about those substitutions, uh, Morris looked hungry the moment he came on and obviously got the winner, but Franklin Kale was the interesting decision for me. And here's a guy who has not been training. He, he lost his mother recently, um, mentally, emotionally, perhaps not in the game, but he took to the field and he just turned the game on its head. When, when did you make that decision to actually play him? You know, um, I went to his mom's funeral um, last weekend, and uh, him and I had a chat. Uh, obviously, I'd been missing for a week of training. I had a chat with him at the funeral, and um, I spoke to him you know, just briefly about you know what what his plans were, and, and he told me. And, and he, he reported for training on on Wednesday. Um, 
uh, you know, on Wednesday he came down, he still didn't train, and then, you know, after training on Thursday, we, we had a brief chat again, and I said, listen, I'm bringing him to the squad. It's important that he, he gets active again and, and sort of get his life going as quickly as possible, and he agreed with me. And um, I just also exchanged a couple of experiences I had in my in my past, you know, after I lost my father, and I was only 22 or so, and I was also playing. So I shared a few of my experiences, and he, he felt comfortable with it. And um, once he was there, I knew that, um, you know, Frankie would give us everything. He's a winner. He's one of these tough guys that, that will, will leave everything on the field. And, and once he had once he had the kit on, it was, you know, it was a no-brainer for me. I knew that he would, he would give it everything, and he did. Here's a guy that uh, though, literally, as you say, leaves everything on the field. He gets the job done. It might not always be pretty, but you know, we, we talk about talent that loves to come through in the Nedbank Cup, and usually we see it from a, a lower tier side. But in a sense, Ajax Cape Town this year has been the team that's been showing off youth. Every team you play, you've got nine or ten academy players, and at least five of them are under the age of 21. I mean, how do you manage to get the best out of these, these youngsters? Well, look, firstly, you know, that's that's where our, our players come from. You know, we, we don't have the opportunity to go and scratch out with big checks and, and get big-name players. You know, we gotta, we got to produce our own, and that's what the club's been doing for years and years and years. So right now, I mean, on this particular game on on, on, on Saturday night, it was um, out of the 18-man squad, 16 were academy players, you know. So it's a, it's a hell of a number. I know it's, it's massive, but... You know, we, we don't do it intentionally. It just happens that way from my side. I just pick the best that we have and it just happens to be that the best we have are all the, the kids that come out of the academy. So, very fortunate and, and very privileged and, and I think it's, it's an honorable position that the club is in and very proud to be in that position because we're a, a breeding club, we're a, a development club and, and we're developing them, you know, very, very fast. Right now we've got a very good crop um, that's come through. They're all around about 19, 20, and, and those are the ones that are carrying the team. You know, So very happy to have them. They're learning with every game, and, and I'm sure they, they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with in the future. Well, you talk about uh, playing your best players, but uh, four remaining league games now, as much as finishing as high as possible on the, on the log is important for you guys, is, are these remaining games perhaps as much about playing for a place in that final squad or playing for contracts for the, the, the years ahead at Ajax? That's a bit of everything, Dwayne. I think mean, I mean, that's exactly what you said. It's one playing for a contract, when say for a team in the final, you know, trying to improve your game, and, and obviously you're also trying to play to get, you know, as high up the log as you possibly can. You know, you want to finish, um, I think we can finish, in the, still finish fifth. Uh, we can also slip out of the top eight, so we want to firstly make sure that we stay in the top eight, and then secondly, try and, and climb as high as we can. And um, with that, you know, the players, you know, they do earn, match-winning bonuses and, and things like that. So trying to use all those factors to motivate the team and, and get them going again, which is not easy. We're at the airport right now. The guys are looking a bit jaded, as you can imagine, from such a high on, on, on Saturday night. And, you know, getting to get on a flight now and go to Durban and then drive up to Marisbeck to play tomorrow is not, not an easy job. But obviously have to make a few changes and um, rotate the squad a little bit and get some fresh legs on the field and guys that want to prove themselves. And hopefully that will carry us to another win and another three points. Let's have your memories of uh, beating Sundowns 5-1 as a player when you were at Swallows in the, uh, what was it, the Bob Save, <laughs> I think it was, will carry you in the Nedbank Cup final. But listen, best of luck against Maritzburg United tomorrow. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. CSL Radio Show. Radio Show. <laughs>
Was that just me or was that a very relaxed sounding world to the song? Either way, uh, just a couple of seconds to go before the time to say cheers out of here. And Naledi Muleo is up next after the news with a talk shop, so don't go anywhere. Enjoy the remainder of your Freedom Day. But from the uh, team tonight, producer Siobhan Chetty, me, Dwayne DeLocker, have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.